0: Welcome to Puro Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by... Kerry Clark, columnist at the editorial board. Metro editor, Greg Jefferson.
1: Molly Smith, city hall reporter.
0: Molly, this is your first time on the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, And we're going to be concentrating on some some things that you've been covering lately. Um, And I wanted to start with the Reproductive Justice Fund. I think a lot of San Antonians have heard about this, but the story took a turn last week when we had uh, several groups uh, filing a lawsuit in state district court against the the fund and against the city over the fund. And um, we'll get into the substance of what this Reproductive Justice Fund is about, but I wanted to start by looking at the process because it was an unusual situation. City Council found out, I think, you know, late in the game, before they were going to vote on the on the budget in September, that there was this big CPS energy windfall. What happened exactly?
1: Yeah. So council learned <laughs> about four days before they were going to pass the budget that they had twenty million extra dollars to work with. And the reproductive justice fund was something that a couple community groups and organizations had been lobbying council members for. So it had broad support on the council. And then when council started discussing discussing it, um, it came out that, Some members maybe wanted it to be used to support abortion funds, which are groups that provide financial support for Texans who are seeking um, an abortion in a state where it's legal. Um, And so it was somewhat contentious, but there was overall very broad support. So it ended up passing. They allocated uh, five hundred thousand dollars, so a small portion of that twenty million. And they simply said, "We'll decide at a later date how we're actually going to use this fund. We'll just set aside mm. the money for now."
0: <laughs> Which is a really—it seems like an unusual. And Greg, you've been covering city government for a long time. Uh, the leaving it open because I heard uh, when the the lawsuit was filed last week, I heard city attorney Andy Segovia saying, "Well, you know, that he was basically saying this is a." Uh, you know, this is a ridiculous lawsuit and that they're going to they're going to have some kind of session at some point where they're going to the determine a work right. session. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, but it is it is weird that city council sets aside the money in the budget
2: without actually talking about the parameters of this fund. And I think that's because, you know, all of this came up in a really short period of time. Um At the end of every budget cycle, it gets really contentious. You've got every council member with pet projects and different (laughs) spending priorities trying to get like as much of that windfall funding, which comes up a lot every, you know, in in most budget cycles, we have extra CPS money at the end. So council members are fighting over that. Uh, I think... um, Maybe there were two or three council members who very much wanted the uh, reproductive justice fund. But, it, you know, I think it was the support for it was a little more tepid, maybe among other council members. And they just didn't want to get into an abortion fight, you know, in the run up to the to passing the budget. So they kind of punted and said, OK, we'll work it, work out the
0: details later. You know, in, in looking at this historically, before Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. uh, the Supreme Court decision in, in January of 73, you had very few states that had legalized abortion, and it was common for organizations to provide funding for women to go to New York or California or Colorado, the the the, the few states where it, they could uh, do that legally. And there was an organization, and uh, I remember looking into this last uh, last year uh, when Roe v. Wade was overturned. Mm-hmm. There was an organization in Houston that um, would provide like package. Deals for women would include travel and and lodging and so on and and uh, and abortion services in California or other, other states, and uh, I think they were saying that there was like six thousand women a year that mm-hmm. were that were getting uh, legal abortion outside of Texas through through this fund. So there's that there's that history. What seems uh, unusual, at least from my perspective, and maybe I'm wrong about this, is when you have city government or any or government. Using bringing taxpayer money into it, I think that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, is there a, is there a precedent that you're aware of? Because I, I... Uh, the city of Austin, city of Austin, oh, yeah, okay, right. okay, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah.
2: In, in uh, 2019, um, yeah, they did. I'm trying to remember what you know every. Every session of the state legislature up to this point had been, a, you know, there was going to be some provision yeah. curtailing abortion rights. Can't remember what it was in 2019. But, yeah, it was it was city council in Austin responding to that. They did set it set up a, a similar yeah.
3: fund. And then Roe Viewed v- was yeah. the law of the land at that point anyway. Yeah. How was the five hundred thousand dollars to up that that figure?
1: It was a figure that was proposed by the council members who submitted kind of budget, they called the budget amendment requests. So I know Terry Castillo was one of the main, the main, uh, council members behind it so i think that was just a kind of a amount that they came to that they thought they'd have support for you know it's pretty small so it wasn't Mm going to take away from other people's projects so there wasn't a lot of debate about the actual dollar amount
0: the amount was pretty Mm -hmm. um and so you mentioned terry castillo Jalen mckee rodriguez i know he's very open about the fact that he would like this Mm -hmm. at least some of this funding to go to uh, provide uh, uh services or uh for people who want to seek abortions out, outside of Texas, um, it, it's, it seems as though Ron Nuremberg, I mean, he's, he's always careful about how he phrases things, but it, I, my sense is that he also supports that. Is, that. is that your sense about this?
1: It's really hard to say. Yeah. I think council members were really careful when they were actually adopting the budget to um, wade into whether they wanted it to support abortion funds or not. There were only really, I think, two up in the dais who were really clear about it, Terry and Jalen. Zikor mm-hmm. told us after the fact that she, she did support that. Um, but most people kind of kept their comments mm-hmm. to wanting to support, like, reproductive health education, menstrual products, diapers, a, a broader kind of range that I think they think is kind of more palatable to voters. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure when it comes to a vote where they actually would fall.
2: Yeah, it's worth noting that um I mean we know that uh District 10's Mark White is adamantly opposed and, and to and he abstained to oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it, it meant so it, it meant enough to him that uh he abstained from voting on the entire budget yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which included a lot of his spending priorities. Pretty unusual. Uh but beyond him um you know you have to keep in mind that the John Courage in District 9 who's you know who who has said he's running for mayor. Uh, in the next election, he said, "I do not want uh, any of this funding to go to abortion-related travel uh, at all." Um, and that could be—I mean, you know, John John Courage—he's he's an old Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's uh, he used to, he used to be considered a liberal. In yeah. uh, in this case, it could be he, you know he's he's thinking about running a citywide race. Mm-hmm. He's looking at where the votes are. Those are going to be as a, as they often are, uh, concentrated on the north side, which tends to be a bit more socially conservative.
3: Well, I was going to say that um, um, it, it speaks to the to the ambiguity of the fund and the number chosen, but also you can't. Uh, this doesn't come down to a pro choice anti choice vote. By if you look at the council, if you, you would look at the council. You would I would suspect that most of them mm-hmm. are pro choice and. In broad support of something like this, mm-hmm. but because it's so problematic for it to be coming out of right. city funds, yeah. Which yeah, yeah, makes it more uncomfortable.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. And I mean, we we haven't gotten to the lawsuit yet, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So, so uh, Texas Right to Life uh, and the uh, San Antonio Family Association; th- those are two two of the you know kind of marquee plaintiffs in this case, but there were several dozen others. Uh, what's interesting about the lawsuit is um, the funds is not actually the, the it's the money is set aside, as we've discussed the rules aren't you know there are no rules on how this thing is going to be used mm-hmm. yet so they're trying to stop uh, a service that the fund provides that it doesn't yet provide <laughs> so i'm not sure what the basis of the lawsuit is like uh, yeah. you know and i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if this got you know kicked out of court on summary judgment just because i mean you know there's nothing at this point
0: i guess the question i have is like if if the city is going to the council is going to decide at some mm-hmm. point soon and i, I get ultimately this is, is going to be a metro health issue but i mean the council's going to mm-hmm. they're going to have to make determinations about the specifics of yeah, this, yeah. Of this plan. and at that point does that change things
2: yeah right? i mean yeah yeah i mean if um and it, it could and how would this lawsuit shape like that debate mm-hmm. And do we know? Do we know when that work session is going to no. be? No, they, the
1: it will not provide a date. So we have yes. heard mixed things. We sometimes thought it was going to be this fall. Mark no. White thought it was going to be in the spring. So we really have no idea mm-hmm. when they're going to discuss it. And I would think that because of this lawsuit, it's probably going to be pushed back.
0: a lot of <laughs> uh, yeah, <it's, laughs> a, lot, a lot of vague sort of <laughs> happening with this. But um, and I and I, I mean I I don't know any of us are would. Are legal experts but i when i look at i mean what they're they're there i think asserting in this mm-hmm. lawsuit is that this um if this is going to be used for for abortion services that it's mm-hmm. in, in some way in violation of the 2021 law right. passed in the state of Texas which allowed people to file suit yeah. to anyone who was who was assisting someone in in, mm-hmm. in in getting an abortion and I, I I find myself thinking about that and wondering like because if you look at the language in the bill, I don't know that it really applies exactly to to this. I mean, I, I, I mean that's probably for could come down to a judge <laughs> <laughs> they're interpreting I mean I don't, I don't what's what's your sense about that moment?
1: yeah, I think it's gonna it's an interesting test and we haven't had too many tests in court of s b eight. I think the only one at least that I know of locally happened last year when a Chicago resident sued a San Antonio doctor who wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post about how he had intentionally violated the law. Mm-hmm. And a local judge here ruled that the Chicago resident didn't have standing mm-hmm. because he personally wasn't, he didn't know the the person who had had the abortion and um, wasn't, wasn't kind of impacted by it personally. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of one kind of precedent we have locally. Um, but we haven't really had this test of unused mm-hmm. money and um so i think it is a big question mark if it will yeah. even stand up in court
2: i mean you've got a fund with no rules attached to it at this point so there are no abortion related travel services and there are no women no specific you know people mm-hmm. who have sought abortion out of state with the benefit of these funds so it's all kind of it's extremely gray right now
0: yeah and one thing that that's interesting to me is that Uh, putting aside the issue of taxpayer money and this Mm -hmm. this is being a a city issue is that, you know, pre Roe v. Wade, I don't think you had the intensity um, from the, you know, the anti-choice forces Mm -hmm. when it came to trying to block people from traveling out of state. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be a part of what we've seen Mm -hmm. uh, since Roe v. Wade was, was uh, repealed that now that, that they're actually saying we're going to try to like, uh, stop that from happening. Whereas before it was kind of understood, you know, where do, right. the people who didn't want it in their, in that, in their own state uh-huh. sort of looked the other way when it came to people traveling out of state. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to move on with well, you, Greg, you, you mentioned, uh, John Courage and his interest in running for mayor. And, um, Molly, you had a, a piece a couple of weeks So ago. many people running for mayor, right? Yes. <laughs>
3: And so, many. And this, you have no I was going to make an announcement actually yeah. before the show. Yeah, I was going
2: to you're running for me, but we
0: all know that if Victor Winbanyama decides at the, <laughs> you know, at the last minute to get in, it's, it's, it's pretty much <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, it's over. It's, uh, um, he's a little young, but you know, he's, he, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. And, um, the thing is that, I mean, it's amazing that we're talking about it this early, but, but it makes sense because we have not had an open seat since what 2009 when Julian mm-hmm. won. Yeah, and I really think that that yeah. wasn't even a, a typical open seat because he, he was, was such a front runner. I mean, we knew he yeah. yeah. was probably yeah. Trish Deberry who ran against her, would probably disagree. She got but, in late, but, she yeah. got, and she made it competitive. But but you know he was such an overwhelming yeah. front runner that year, and so we're really and going back to something like uh, mm-hmm. 2005 when Hartberger mm-hmm. ran against Castro, and when we had that was really uh, that, was that was a free for all. Race. That yeah. was yeah, that was a great campaign. And so in this case, we're getting into a situation where, um, well, first, I want to talk about who we, we who looks likely, who looks possible. We'll start with current members of city council. Um, who's yeah. Looking
1: at it? So there's four. Uh, John Courage is the only one who said he's running as of now. Um, Manny Pelias, we're kind of waiting <laughs> for him to announce he, you know, a couple weeks after being sworn into his uh, fourth and final term, sent out this kind of email that very much hinted right. at the fact that he was going to run. Yeah. Um, he says he's still in exploration mode, but it's, it's a <laughs> way it's, it's going to happen with him. Um, Melissa cabello she says she intends to run. Um, she's trying to be very careful. She's afraid that she might She's yeah. afraid that it's going to be too early to announce. Doesn't yeah. want to yeah. get in trouble with these resigned to run laws which don't apply here. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: if you're a council member, you can announce at any point that you want to run. Mm. But we've seen her kind of positioning herself policy-wise um, to kind of make an announcement. And then a question mark on council is Adriana Rocha mm. Garcia. Mm-hmm. She said she's considering it, but of the four, she's also the only one who said, you know, if there was another strong person outside of city council, I would be willing to possibly lend my support to them. So Mm -hmm. a kind of a question mark on depending who else runs, whether she'll actually do it.
3: That's an indictment against her colleagues, isn't it? It sounds like it could be, yeah. Um, And so you've got,
0: I guess what I'm wondering is, do you do you sense uh, it has to be a little awkward when you've got mm-hmm. three or four current members of council already kind of mm-hmm. jockeying for position in the, in the next mayoral race? What's uh, what's the the vibe like between I don't I don't get to use the word vibe in, in the podcast often. So I thought I would just we actually <laughs> discourage it. I know <laughs> I it really have no place <laughs> but, in the podcast, but I just right. thought I was going to throw it in there because I see my only chance. Well, this is you live and breathe this. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I what's think the vibe can, can <laughs> see it in terms of they're really trying to start getting policy wins that they can promote mm-hmm. on the campaign trail. So Melissa made um, right. looking at the CPS surplus a really big thing. Um, didn't really get where she wanted to get on that. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I couldn't, I couldn't then, read that story without reading yeah. it through the lens. Of, right. Of, of mm-hmm. Well, of I mean, race. yeah. Well, you know, she's
2: in her, this is her final term, and it's the first time she is now talking about – Reducing the amount of revenue mm-hmm. that CPS Energy has to give to the city to what ten percent. Right now, the utility has to give fourteen percent of its revenue to the city every year. She's talking about reducing that to ten percent, uh, which sounds great. <laughs> I mean, re- you know, rate payers might react well to that, and it's this is a new new proposal, and it's something. It's a kind of thing. It sounds like it's a small percentage, but it's it's quite a bit of money. Oh yeah. Um, and this is this is the kind of thing that council members you know
0: would take a couple of terms what are we talking I mean, just off the top point. of my head i'm thinking what maybe 100 million One, nine, uh, yeah, 100 something nine. like that maybe more than
2: that they
1: said yeah like it's so 14% now if you dropped it to 11 that'd be a loss of 90 million dollars yeah. and yeah. the cfo says yeah. annually. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. That's, and i mean cps revenue makes up What about mm, about a quarter Mm -hmm. of the the city's general fund? So it's it's a huge source of money for basic services like police and fire sidewalks, you know, senior centers. Uh, So, yeah, it's a big deal when you're talking about jimmying with that formula. It's 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 a lot. So it is hard to look at something, you know, a policy proposal that big and not think about the person who's delivering it. Yeah and their kind of
3: aspirations to be mayor. Mm -hmm. Was there one name, Molly, that you, when just in doing the story, reporting the story, that you heard more often, like someone who wasn't on, isn't on the council now, just one name?
1: One that surprised me, and we haven't been able to confirm this with them, but was Gina Mm -hmm. Ortiz-Jones. Heard her name repeatedly from people who had said that they had heard it or they had met her and she had mentioned it. She didn't respond to kind of our email inquiring whether she's considering it. But that did kind of surprise me. me um, a lot of yeah. people will know yeah. her from yeah. her uh, two runs for the, uh, 23rd. the 23rd District in Congress. Um, but that's kind of a really different ball game than city yeah. hall. I mean, you're dealing yeah. with totally different issues. That's right. Um,
0: and, she you know, she's been, what, undersecretary of the Air Force for, the, for a couple of years in the, in the um, Biden administration. Yeah. And she resigned a few months ago. But she hasn't really been a presence in local mm-hmm. government um i mean as far as i can as i can tell so yeah that i can i mean she's you know she's i mean she's obviously a lot of people know her right. and she probably has some you know some good uh sources yeah. of funds but um and, and Ray out down you didn't get back what you did i no. Uh, no he's yeah. uh
2: the, he's interesting because <laughs> he, i mean yeah. he's, he's never made any bones no, about he, wanting it i mean he you know I. I did a story on him after he right after he would left council, uh, but before he became chief executive officer of uh, communities and schools, which is a great kind of national program. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was for which he was supposed to move to the D.C. area because mm-hmm. that's where it's headquartered. Uh, the pandemic hit, and he's you know he was working remotely. He continued. He's still living here. Uh, and his name has been, you know, kind of in circulation over the last couple of months. The the question is, uh, just because he has been so forthcoming about, you know, his desire to at some point run for mayor, um, is he actually talking with people about doing so? We haven't. I did. We haven't found no. anybody di- who's directly talked to him. But it's mm-hmm. he's kind of in the air. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. like a possibility. But we don't know if that means he's actually contemplating it or if it's just chatter.
0: And it's interesting because it, it really raises the question of whether his work with communities and schools has just changed his mm-hmm. perspective because he, you're right. I mean, he, it was, he was, he was very open about the fact that he wanted to be mayor. He was just kind of waiting for his time. Mm-hmm. If he, if he decides to sit this one out mm-hmm. you know, there's the possibility there'd be another eight years before
3: there'd be a real mm-hmm. serious opportunity again. So this, yeah. this might be. And he's someone who we always, when he was on council, we, we, I think everyone just assumed he would be. Well, mayor. yeah, I mean that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, like that's he, right.
2: he, You know, he he he's so much in the mold of Julian yeah. and Joaquin Castro. I mean, same same kind of upbringing. Stanford, uh, some different. Yeah. Stanford, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it becomes a little yeah. you know a little more locked up. Once got
0: elected once in his mid twenties. Oh or yeah, yeah,
2: high school star you know, got, you know, went to an Ivy league school, elected early. And, uh, yeah. So I think it, it, given kind of his story arc, it's like, I think everybody just kind of assumed that's, mm-hmm. that's the way it was going to be. Uh, but I mean, because
0: he's not talking to us, we don't know if that story has changed at all. Yeah. yeah. Another one that was really interesting, uh, in which I heard also was Diego Bernal, the state representative. And, and this kind of Gets to a kind of an interesting mini trend that we've seen uh, over the past couple of years, which is mm. people, Democrats, I should specify, Democrats going to Austin, getting very frustrated by serving in the state legislature mm. in a Republican controlled state yeah, government yeah. and deciding, I think I want to go back to San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, we saw this with Ida Hades We saw this with Justin Rodriguez. And yeah, and that's right. And so... I don't know if Diego's going to run or not, but I'll tell you how bad it is in Austin <laughs> <laughs> you know, to
2: come to a weak mayor, strong manager, form of yeah. government as a way of doing something. Yeah. For that, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I mean,
0: that feeling of, of right. just, you know, I'm one of 150 people yeah, yeah, and yeah. we get very That's little right. past. And, and you, so at least you actually would, do have some powers. Yeah, yeah. You can actually do stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, what's what's your sense about his interest?
1: I mean, right now he said he doesn't want to say and all he'll say is he's waiting to see what the ideas are. Mm -hmm. And he's looking for ideas beyond those you typically hear in the race.
2: I think Mm -hmm. uh, whether whether he's seriously considering it or not, I think uh, he is he's an extremely cautious yeah. politician
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that's going to hurt him in a in a citywide campaign and maybe in in the office itself he just seems like he's constantly uh, he doesn't want to make the wrong move like he's mm-hmm. just he's just very very careful mm-hmm. um, so you know and it's like you need you need to embrace uncertainty and risk
0: in a citywide race and and as mayor what's well, going to be yes. for anybody who runs i mean this is a really uh, risky political move mm-hmm. to make because I don't I don't see anybody and I was curious how you see Molly like um, I could see any number of, of these these potential candidates mm-hmm. in the mayor's office but I don't I don't see like a, a clear. Mm-hmm runner right now to you mm. and, and it's really early i know
1: i think it's early i mean the name we hear a lot is manny palaya's but i think there's also room for other people to come in i think what we hear a lot is that there's an appetite for an outsider mm-hmm. for maybe a different approach and mm-hmm. for some kind of outside candidate to come in so i think it really mm-hmm. depends if there are those people who haven't really made it public the hard yet,
0: burger type candidate
1: who yeah. kind of come in um mm-hmm. And offer voters just like a really strong alternative and something different. Mm.
2: Um, Yeah, we've heard a lot about, um, okay. The business community. What yeah, what do right. what do what did the executives want? Who yeah. who who are they who are they scouting for? And we really don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there doesn't seem to, like they don't seem to be. Uh, you
0: know, the chamber types don't seem to be championing any particular. Well, former councilman Richard Bedes, right, uh, who was with the, the chamber as as. Uh, I mean, he's kind of considering it, but I don't know if he'd be somebody that.
2: Yeah, I just don't know that he has. He he would have, yeah. I mean, he led uh, the chamber for over a decade. Um, His, you know, he didn't get great marks in his performance running it. Uh, It was kind of, in in a way, it's unfair. Uh, Criticism of him, I mean, you know, uh, is unfair because the influence of chambers across the country has been in decline for a lot of reasons. Uh, And, you know, I think he definitely had his supporters or he wouldn't have lasted as long as he did in that in that role. But I mean, I just don't know how much broad support he has among, you know, business executives in San Antonio. I I do know that there's still there's still a lot of discussion. uh, And like I said, there doesn't seem to be at this point like any kind of real consensus candidate. Um, you know, I'm, I'm told that Gordon Hartman, who, you know, he's former his well, name developer, a philanthropist, pants, yeah. you know, he's, he's kind of the force behind Morgan's Wonderland. He always comes up every yeah. cycle. Not, not so much this time. I'm, I'm told he's, he's not really seriously looking at it. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's kind of a weird, uh, just, Weird race as it's shaping up in that respect. Like no, no clear biz candidate. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, before we wrap things up, I wanted to talk t- uh, about another story you wrote uh, recently, Molly, and uh, and we and we, <laughs> we don't know a lot about it probably, but um, but I, I couldn't resist asking you. Um, <laughs> last week, the council approved a one point two million dollar contract with what is it, Cotton Commercial USA, for mold remediation services uh, at the Alamo Dome. So wh- what's going on? <laughs> That's what's happening? It's moldy. That's what's
2: going okay. on. Okay. It grew mold. Yeah.
1: Well, the city and the Eldome don't really want to talk about this, but we know that there's mold in the um, upper concourse stairs on the fifth level. They said that there were some water leaks. The sealant was just kind of faulty. And so mm-hmm. water was getting in. They noticed some yellowing around the ceiling, realized there was water damage. They said there's about 3,300 square feet that is going to be removed and cleaned mm. up. Wow. Um, and, yeah, they said all we know right now is it doesn't pose a health risk, and it should be cleaned up fairly fast. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, they aren't saying too much about. Well, my it.
0: My daughter had her graduation ceremony there a few months ago, so I don't. I, I guess <laughs> we're okay though. It's been a while. <laughs> did, a well, <laughs> yeah. Did it smell weird? Was it musty? Was it kind of musty? It, it, it could have bit? been like the food that people were
2: eating around. <laughs> eating. I don't. I don't know. So, but uh,
3: it's like son of that. <laughs> <do> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: The sequel. Yeah. Yeah. What was What was fun about that story was like nobody did anybody you interviewed uh, or any of the document <clears throat> did any no. of them actually other than. Uh, mold remediation, which you, they had to include because that's not the contract. <laughs> Did anybody say mold? No. no. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, yeah okay. my guess is like there might have been some marketing considerations. <laughs> <laughs> Alamo Dome mold. Yes. <laughs> like, no, no, no. We don't <laughs> want those words together. <laughs> right? to, yeah, like,
0: <laughs> if we can avoid it.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, spores, maybe that would have been better. I don't
3: know.
0: Whatever. Uh, oh, gosh. Well, I hope everything works out. Uh, with that, Molly, thank you so much for being with us. It was great having you on the podcast. And I want to encourage everyone who's listening in to uh, be sure to read Molly's uh, work in the Express News. I mean, she's really been, been doing some great work on what's happening in city government. So. Hope everyone's doing well out Good there voting. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me, Carrie. Um, we uh, want to encourage everyone to uh, check out the 2023 voter guide in the Express News. You can go to our website and, uh, you know, it's, it, it will be, I think, really helpful because, um, you know, there there's a, when we're looking at those propositions. I mean, we were dealing with that, Carrie, last week. And, yeah. you know, it's it's a lot of. It's hard to get information on that. A lot of times people, uh, you know, when they, when they, when they go to vote and they, and they deal with these, it's, it's hard to know. And the language sometimes doesn't, uh. Deceptive. It's a little deceptive. So anyway, uh, go to the Express News website and read the 2023 voter guide. Hope everyone's doing great out there. Um, we'll be back next week. And until then, take care.